Tiger. It's showtime. San Diego. Hitting the airwaves live in America's finest city. It's the John Cantara Show. San Diego's only sports show with two born and raised San Diegans. Let's face it, we're the most interactive talk show uh, in Southern California. Longtime coach and San Diego sports radio legend, John Cantero. When the roster came out, they're bench. They don't have veterans on the bench right now. You got to have some veterans coming off that bench. And his young, up-and-coming co-host, Braden Soprano. I mean, it was uh, it was on me to bring a date, and I didn't. So that's uh, that's on me, but I still had a good time, coach. Why is he always calling me me? Here is the coach, John Cantero. Live and local on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Hour number two of the John Cantero Show here on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. And uh, we're talking about uh, Padres baseball here at Alesmith. We're going to be here from 10 to 2 and then later up, uh, coming up at about... Two o'clock, it'll be Gwyn and Chris, Matt Scraby, Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., and then we'll get you ready for the Padres pregame show as the Padres get you set, uh, or Padres get ready to play the Los Angeles Dodgers coming up at uh, you know pregame shows at about six four or at five forty. Uh, first pitch at six forty. I guess I think it's a seven ten start. Dodgers have that seven ten late arrival crowd up there in L.A. They got to fight the traffic, uh, so it's a seven ten start. Uh, this hour we're going to be joined, and we are joined by Brett Boone. He is an Odyssey baseball insider, host of the Boone podcast, Odyssey original, featuring the most notable names in Major League Baseball around all sports every week. Uh, Brett Boone joining us uh, right now here at Smith. Brett, thanks again for coming out. Really appreciate it, and uh, welcome to the Odyssey family. You got it. Thank you. Thank you. It's... How's that been for you, by the way? It's been good. You know, we... we uh started that podcast a, year, a couple of years ago and and uh joining with odyssey i think has been a great thing it, you know it it's it's a good relationship thus far uh i've been busy in the early goings <laughs> but you know that's a part of it and uh no i think it's i think it's going to be great i think it's going to be a great relationship going forward uh i've already started to see that the podcast growing but um yeah i'm excited about it for anybody that hasn't tuned into your podcast yet, you know, you know, I know you're on with us a lot, uh, so we get, we get to pump the podcast a lot. But, you know, the best way I could describe it is almost like, you know, you're always with the guests that you have. It's almost like you two guys are on the golf course sharing stories, sharing the war stories of playing uh, professional sports. Um, how would you describe your podcast to anybody that hasn't listened before, and, and, and why would you tune into the Boone podcast? No, I think I think that's a good way of describing it. I, I and to the, to this day, when I'm talking to a guest and I'm uh, asking them to come on the show, they say, "Well, what it's what's it like?" I said, "Well, it's the, the 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 farthest thing I try to make it from an interview. I try to make that I give them that golf cart reference. It's like me and you are in the in a golf cart and we're BS and." for 45 minutes and it depends it could go longer than that if you've got if you've got a lot of stories but um that's what i wanted to make it i didn't want to make it an interview it's hey what do you you know what about this what about this it's more of a flowing conversation uh and it and it's baseball heavy you know a lot of my peers and teammates through the years but uh i like going off into to other ventures into the basketball arena and the football into into hollywood you know i i like doing little shows like that and um 
No, it's been a challenge. It's been humbling. Uh, I've had to learn this side of the mic. It was something as a, as a player we go through and we do hundreds and thousands of interviews and, and I'm always giving you the answer. Right. Now all of a sudden I've got to give you the question. Right. So that was a learning process for me, but, I, but I've enjoyed it. And, uh, no, it's a lot of fun. We're 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 going to do some big stuff with the with the All Star Game being in Seattle this year. I'm going to be pretty busy for for five or six days up there. But uh, you know, I, I'm really enjoying it and and uh, meeting a lot of interesting people. It started off with you know my buddies Andre Reed and Ken Griffey Jr. And then all right. of a sudden I'm meeting all these these new guys. Interesting. I, we'll go from Ken Griffey Jr. to the next week. I had Doug Ellen on the the creator of Entourage, which is one of my favorite shows uh, from HBO back in the day. So so it's neat. I go from, (laughs) I just ping pong from genre to genre. It's been kind of cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool podcast. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's on the Odyssey app. You can go check it on uh, online as well. Um, in the perfect description, like you said, is sitting in the golf cart just sharing war stories. And, exactly. You know, I'm sure you got a lot of different stories that, that you can kind of relate to with a lot of different uh, of the guests that you have on. But, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you before we dive into the Padres, you know, what is one thing as an athlete you necessarily didn't like that, uh, about the media that you've now, you know, kind of figured out and kind of saw their side of that aspect as now a member of the media? Well, I don't, I don't know if I ever – I felt as a player, you know, I had a personality. It, almost I had a shtick. Right. Um, but I always tried to have a good relationship with the media, you know, because I thought I respected your position, your job. You had a job to do. Some days you don't want to come, come, come to me after a bad game and, and we've just lost five out of six and asked me a bunch of questions. That's not exactly what you want to do, but it's your job. Right. Uh, I know what I signed up for when I went on that journey of becoming a Major League Baseball player. Uh, you get paid handsomely. There are a lot of perks, and, and I think – being a player, and, and if you're a main player on a team, I think you have a responsibility to answer to the press, good, bad, and different. Uh, it's, anybody can stand up and, and do a great press conference when you're 10 for your last 15 and your team's won seven in a row, but the guy that can stamp when you just got swept and you haven't got a hit in four or five games, I took it upon myself to, I'm going to stand up good, bad, and different, and as a result, I had a good relationship with the press. The thing I'm seeing on this side of the microphone that, you know, I mentioned earlier was humbling was I would come into the ballpark in in early 2000s in Seattle and and our PR guy would come to me and say, Brett, we've got five interviews for you today where we got you at six. And I'd go, wait a minute, wait a minute. He goes, well, you don't have to do any of them. You do what you want to do. And I do a few. Now, something came up during the day uh, and I had to cancel. And I would just say, I can't do that that six o'clock. You know, tell them to reschedule. In my mind, thinking no big deal, but now I know what it's like. Yeah, that's if you come, right. If I've got to if I've got to shoot a show on Monday, and I get a call from my guest Sunday night, hey Booney, I can't shoot it. Hey, you know my answer is no problem. Don't worry right. about. It. I hang up the phone. I'm going. I need someone for that slot. Right. You know, and then I'll call somebody to fill in, and they'll be like, Brett, I'm in Cabo San Lucas. Uh, I'd love to be on your show, but I'll do it next week. It's like I didn't want you next week. I don't need week. you I, next week. That's I right. I want you tomorrow. So, no, I definitely have an understanding for that side and an appreciation for it. Uh, it makes you look at it a little different. It's, been, it's a lot of work. You know, I also took for granted uh, the media side, uh, the amount of preparation. If you want a quality product, you've got to put the prep in. And oh, yeah. you've got to do your homework, you know. Don't just get on and ask the rhetorical questions. I, I think of it, you know, when I go into a show, 
I think, what would I want to be asked? You know, if you're interviewing me, Braden, and you're going, Brett Boone, okay, let's talk about your, your dad and your grandpa. That's my life. I, I've accepted right. at this point. That's a part of my story. And then you let's talk about those 2001 Mariners and what right. was it like playing with Ichiro and Ken Griffey Jr.? I'm going to give you a fine interview. I'm going to give you answers. But I've heard those questions a million times. So when I'm preparing for, for a guest, I try to – what's going to really get him into the interview? Right. You know, and I say this all the time. Uh, come at me and say, hey, what about that 1987 uh, – uh, championship you guys want the connie mack world series if somebody opens an interview like that with me i'm like you got me engaged you know right, i'm like exactly. hey let's talk about that where'd you find out about that right. 1987 it's when i was little, in high school it's those little things so right? i try to go out of my way in my preparation and do stuff like that to really engage the the whoever i'm interviewing that particular day and i said interview i don't mean to say interview whoever's the guest on the show that day well, every every hour you're on the air, you got to have an hour of prep. I mean, that's the that's the that's Without the sta- that's the staple Without uh, in the media business. But uh, we appreciate you being part of the uh, the media and kind of diving back into baseball. I know you wanted to get get back into it a couple of years ago, but you know, let's focus on this this Padres team for a little bit. Obviously, a lot of fans are disgruntled. Teams 19 and 19. Um, you know, I was talking about it before you showed up. I mean, it's not a it's not a case of you know. I think for a lot of Padres fans being you know from San Diego, it's you know, this team was expected to do a lot of damage. This team was expected to be, like, a team that never loses. And I know that's unrealistic expectations. But, you know, I, I think a lot of, of why Padre fans are upset is because the roster they have being only 500 is, is a really frustrating start to the season. Without a doubt. And, and I, you know, I'll look at the Padres and I'll kind of <clears throat> go through in my notes and see how they're doing week to week to week. Obviously, Soto's picked it up. That's, that's big for them. Going into this season... Uh, with with that lineup of a, you know, and Tatis didn't join him until a couple weeks in, but uh, having a Tatis and a Bogart, a Soto and a Machado back to back to back to back in a lineup, going into the season, I I said this is the best offensive team in baseball on paper, bar none. There's some great teams out there, the Atlanta Braves, the Phillies come to mind as a real offensive team. I don't think anybody could have predicted, even though year in and year out they, they, they open our eyes as the Tampa Bay Rays, I don't think anybody could have predicted the start they got off to. But I look at the division. I look at, at the National League West. The Dodgers aren't as good as they've been. Now, that's, you know, they won 111 right. games. They're, if they're you're still be that good, good, but they're not They're up to still the really good, standards. but they, they lost some key guys, both the Turners. You know, Justin being a – a huge part of that clubhouse for a lot of years. He wasn't the guy that went to the All-Star game every year, but he was a, a, a real focal point of that team. Him going to Boston, that takes a lot away from the Dodgers. Trey Turner, obviously an MVP candidate, gone. Bellinger, a one-time MVP. He's in, in Chicago. So it's a different look. You still got Urias and, and Kershaw at the top of that rotation. They're still going to be a formidable team, and they're leading the division right now. I look at the Padres. They got the same, basically the same pitching staff as a year ago. You got the the, the guys from a year a year ago holdover. You got Snell. To me, he I've been waiting for him to be the Snell of Tampa Bay. The, right. the, 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 the Snell that a lot of Padres thought they were getting. I look at this left-hander, and I look at him, and on a given night when he's on his game, he's Randy Johnson, I, stuff-wise. And then all of a sudden, two starts in a row, he won't be that guy. 
Subsequently, he's sitting near a five ERA again. You need a Blake. If you're talking about Padres, we're going to win a World Series. We're going to put ourselves in position to, to win a World Series. Blake Snell's got to be Blake Snell. He right. can't be decent, okay. You know what you're getting from Darvish. He's consistent. He's really right. good. Is he a formidable number one top, top guy? I don't know. It's arguable. But I know what I'm getting from you, Darvish. Uh, Musgrove has been a bulldog in this rotation. A reliable guy. Was hurt early in the year. He's back now. Um, so those guys, Lugo, Waka, they're fine to round it out. Is it enough? That's my question. And I, was, I was looking at it the other day. Offensively, where, which I said at the top, I think – on paper, they're the best offensive team in baseball, bar none. They're not playing that way. They're, they're last in the league or 14th. No, they're 15th in the league in hitting. That's the last thing you'd think of coming from the Padres. Pitchers are doing what they were doing a year ago, kind of upper echelon, not the, not the best in the league, but definitely not in the, in the lower half. So the pitching's doing what it's doing. This offense comes around. That particular division with the Dodgers not being as dominant as they've been, I, th- I think it's going to be a chance. I look at that division. I know Arizona's in the, in the middle of it right now. I don't think that can last. I think it's going to come down to the Dodgers and the Padres. Uh, and, and it could go either way, depending who, who gets hot. This offense tells me it should be a lot better than 15th. When this offense starts playing like they're number one in the league, well, that's going to flip things. But at the end of the day, to win a World Series, anybody can get to the playoffs, especially nowadays. It's easy as it's ever been. There's 12 spots. There's a lot of bad ball clubs right now, too. I think the strategy of Major League Baseball is going to change because for years and years, you prepared to play 162 games. And that was important, and it was crucial right. that you play well and win. And, some, you know, I was on some teams, and we won 93 games. We didn't make it to the postseason. Right. Now you win 93 games, you're, you're, you're skipping into the postseason like no big deal. The tournament's a lot tougher when you get there now. You got to go through four four rounds to win a World Series. That's not always been the case. It's tougher once you get to the postseason, but it's much easier to get the postseason. So I think you're going to see teams in the future preparing to put themselves in a spot to grab a, a playoff spot, be as healthy and as stacked as you can going into the postseason. I think the Phillies a year ago proved that theory to be true. Dodgers sitting on 111 wins, went wire to wire, boat raced everybody got knocked out by the Padres. Team like the Phillies, who kind of limp into the postseason, they're two games away from winning a World Series. So I think the game as we know it is changing a bit. Is that good or bad? I don't, th- I don't know. Time will tell. Uh, each generation is judged. You know, and history will judge whether we like this new format. I actually like it. I think it's good for the game with those multiple rounds of playoffs. It seems the last few years they've been really exciting and really good for the, for the game, grabbing new viewers. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But the, the Padres, those guys th- that you, you see, the Tatises, the Bogarts, the Soto, the Machado, Cruz, he's older now, but he's a big presence in that clubhouse. To have guys like that, more times than not, at the end of the day, five months from now, we're going to flip over their bubblegum card, and it's going to say what they're supposed to do because usually that's what star players, in the end, end up doing, right around what, what you think they're going to do. So I expect this offense to pick up big time. Is the, if they can stay, stay healthy, they're going to be right there in the end with the Dodgers. One of, them are going to go, one of them are going to win a division, but I think both of them are going to grab a playoff spot. I think you brought up a good point of the perspective just with the new playoffs, right? It's just all of a sudden it's – you know, not to say that it's not important to win the division. I think that's more of a, a of a pride thing and kind of a, 
you know, winning the division is always like your number one priority. But, you know, as the Padres did last year, they didn't win the division. They went on a roll in, in, in the postseason and, and ran into the Phillies. Phillies didn't win the division last year either, and they went on a roll, you know, at the right time. You know, not to say that Major League Baseball teams are coasting uh, at this part of the season, but, you know, do you think it's even less pressure in the first couple of months now than it was previously, obviously, when you played, when the playoffs were a little bit different? Do you think that, like, when you're watching some of these teams play, does it look like, hey, you know what, they're, they're kind of playing like, yeah, it's May, but maybe the, May is the new April. Right, I'll give you an example. You know, I talk to my brother probably every couple of weeks. I try to stay away from the Yankee fodder. You know, right. I'll, if I've got something that's bothering me, I'll tell him, listen, what you did the other day, and quit getting thrown out of the game, by the way. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. But I'll talk to him about it. He'll call, he'll call me sometimes and, and ask me a move he, he made. But Brett, what do you think? And we have brotherly talk right. off the air. Usually when I talk to Aaron, I stay away from baseball. We talk about the kids, my, my nephews, right. how are they doing, how's Laura doing. Uh, but if the baseball topic comes up, We'll talk about it. We'll discuss. Sometimes we agree. Sometimes we debate. But I'm looking at the Yankees, what they've gone through. And, and they're, oh, since he's taken over, it seems like they are hurt every year. And everybody's always hurt. They got Rodon, Severino. Uh, haven't thrown a pitch this year. Those are the Frankie number. Frankie Montas was hurt before the year the, season that's started. That's number two and three in their rotation. Stanton, Judge, both on the I.L. at some point this Without year. Without a doubt. Donaldson hasn't played it down. Right. And all of a sudden they're hanging just above 500 in probably the best division in baseball. And I said, Aaron, all you got to do is you got to hold serve for right. the next month. Play 500, get everybody healthy. And if you have a Cole, Rodon, Severino, Cortez, that's as good as anybody in that division start to finish in a starting rotation. They got a great bullpen. They're missing Weisinger right now, but that's an electric bullpen. And I said, and if you're at full force with LeMahieu and and Rizzo and Stanton and Judge, but these guys got to be on the field. You can't just take six weeks off. It seems like... It seems like Stanton every year goes on a six-week vacation. I, I, I say that adjust, but what I'm saying is if you just hold serve, if you just survive through the dog days... When you have some injuries in this current format, you can survive and, and live to play another day. And uh, you, it was interesting. <clears throat> Troy Gloss, or I'm sorry, uh, Tim Salmon mm-hmm. was on my show a couple months ago. And we had a really interesting conversation. I had a lot of battles with the Angels in the early 2000s, Mariners, Angels, Oakland. Uh, it was a great division. And I talked about his O2 when they won the World Series. And he, he explained it. I never thought about it this way. He said, Booney, that year we had to fight and claw. We were coming from behind the whole year. We ended up winning a wild card. And he said, but what people don't understand was for the last month of the season, we were in playoff baseball mode because we had to win every series just to get there. And he said, by the time we got to the playoffs, the team we were facing had no chance because they were just starting that playoff run. They had had their, their, their position secured much earlier than they did, and now they had to catch up to this playoff atmosphere that they've been playing in every night. He said, so I thought we had a distinct advantage. He said, we came from, from out of nowhere, grabbed a, uh, a, uh, a wild card spot, and won a World Series because we never stopped. But we had all that preparation for it when these guys had to had to catch up to our level right. of adrenaline just to start the postseason. It was a great point. I didn't think about it. But then the Phillies do it last year. Right. And how did the Dodgers sit there with 111 wins and get beat? 
Well, their last month, I mean, they're coasting. They're right? just they're, coasting. They're trying to get guys healthy. You, know, you talk and about that all the time. Is well, should we rest them? Should we do this? I don't know what the right answer is. The the managers seems that have they have that they have the pulse of a team on their fingertip, and right. they kind of know what to do. That's what the great ones do. Uh, but but it is tough, and there's a strategy that when you're too good. I played on a team of 116 games. Probably in our lifetime, we'll never see that again. On a magic carpet ride in 2001, we got knocked out by the Yankees. And right. We never expected that. We just thought, this is a magical year. We'll just show up. Oh, yeah, we're going to go to Cleveland. We beat them. It wasn't an easy beat, but we knew we were going to win. We went to Yankee Stadium. We had handled them really well in 2001. Next thing you know, I'm sitting on a bus looking at 25 guys with, the, with that look on their face like they just saw a ghost. Like, that didn't really happen, did it? Actually, it did. Because that's Major League Baseball, and it's really hard. Well, it's 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 that it's that perspective, right? Of you know, when you're playing really good baseball or football or basketball, or whatever, you're in a role. That time off in between to rest, or even you know, even like for me, just, just as a high school football coach, and it's it's different with eight, you know, fifteen to eighteen year old kids. But sometimes bye weeks for us are the worst because it's like you're hitting your stride, you're getting to a rhythm, you know, you're preparing for the game each and every Friday, and then a bye week comes, and you're sitting there like, what are we going to do this week? And then the intensity level drops, and then the next week it, you're sloppy and you got to get back on track. And you know, some of these teams that jump out to huge starts like that run into the, you know, like you've seen with the Dodgers, where and it's not just last year. I mean, aside from the short season, which they still won a World Series. But aside from that short season, I mean, they have, they have dominated the regular season and have never been able to, to get the job done in the postseason. So I do like that perspective. We do got to take a break. I'm going to ask you one question that I want you to answer uh, when we come back. I want to know what your, your opinion was of, of Bob Melvin yesterday, you know, getting tossed from the game. We don't see that a lot out of him. And kind of the it's, it's not tell me time, it's show me time, and kind of the reaction the players would get out of that at a Padres team at 19 and 19. We're going to hear Bob Boone's, or not Bob Boone, Brett Boone's take. Bob Boone getting a How about shot that? Pops. We're going to take, we're gonna take uh, Brett Boone's uh, opinion on that when we come back. We're live here at Ale Smith, Braden Suprenit, Brett Boone for the next hour on 97.3 The Fan. Sports Station 97 through the fan. I'm Braden Suprenit. Joined with Brent Boone. You get to join us for the next hour. Live at Alesmith Brewing over here in Miramar. Come out and check uh, check us out. Listen to some Padres baseball talk. We're talking a lot of stuff in Major League Baseball with Brett Boone as well. We are also giving away tickets to Padre game coming up on June 3rd. We'll give away two tickets on our show and then two tickets on Gwen and Chris. You gotta be here to win the tickets to the Padres. Also got SeaWorld tickets we could give away as well. Uh, come on down, have yourself a beard. Start your weekend off early uh, over here with us at Alesmith. Uh, talking with Brett Boone here at Alesmith Brewery. I'm Braden Soprano, like I said, on the John Contreras Show. want to mention baseball season is here. Live coverage of every Padres game on 97.3 The Fan, now available through the Odyssey app. Wherever you are in San Diego area, you can listen to every pitch of the Padres game on Odyssey. Download the free Odyssey app and search 97 through the fan to get started. You can also find Brett Boone's podcast, the Boone Podcast, on the Odyssey app. 
an Odyssey original featuring the most notable names in Major League Baseball and around sports every week. Uh, Brett Boone gives you that each and every week. Who you got coming up on the podcast uh, next? Who we got? Um, next week will be uh, we're gonna, Jason Isringhausen, the, the, oh. the closer for the St. Louis Cardinals. We're going to have an interesting one for me because I didn't think about it until we sat down was Todd Stottlemyre. You know, his dad being Mel, he has a brother that's in the game. He's now the, the current pitching coach, I think, for the Miami Marlins, but he's been in the game. And uh, interesting conversation because his father was a pitcher, his brother was a pitcher, and I have the same thing, only right. in reverse. So it was interesting, the stories he went into. That was cool. And uh, we got John Daly coming up next oh, week. Oh, that should be fun. Oh, I, I, just spent, I just spent 24 hours with him. Um, That's awesome. At a, at a charity event in, in Oklahoma City. Is that where and, you got the helicopter lift? Yes. That's yes. awesome. And I'll tell you, it was, uh, <laughs> it was all it's cracked up to be. You know, it's the first time I spent any real time with him. I spent, you know, a day with him. And uh, he's everything you think. I mean, he is a piece of work at the same time. A heart of gold and a good man, and and I, I, I it was it was funny for me because I I've gone to so many events in my life, pretty events, and been around a ton of athletes, and there's not very, very there's very few athletes that I see the reaction from people that I saw with John Daly. You know, right. I came up and 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 uh, when I was a young kid in Seattle, and Ken Griffey Jr. was my was my teammate, and we'd go out, and yeah, he got a lot of attention. I've never been in an event with other athletes where one guy stole the show as much as John Daly. It was wow. almost like I was sitting next to a beetle. <laughs> and it's like, no, I'm around athletes all the time, and I see it, but, but I don't see this. You know, it was almost big-time rock star, different level, probably like a Jordan-type fame. I right. mean, it was really that much. I mean, grandmothers to little kids. John Daly, you know, and it was really cool. And the way he handles it. I, I got the I, I kind of got behind the scenes of what he does, and he goes week to week. He li- he travels in this van, and he goes to charity events, and he raises money for for causes. And then once in a while, he'll go play a senior tour event, which he's playing right now. But it was really cool to see how he interacted with everybody, how he's a how he's a guy's guy, and he has that side of him. But at the same time, he's doing so much good, and and. You you wonder how somebody has that kind of reaction from everybody sitting down with him and seeing the type of guy he was. Uh, now I understand why people relate with him so much and and love John Daly. It was it was it was a fun time. I love that video he just had like a couple of months ago where it's like it, it was a comparison video of like how people prepare to get ready for golf and then they're all like being serious and on the driving range and putting and it's just how John Daly gets prepared for golf and they throw him like a. Uh, a light beer, he catches it, he pops it open, he, he yeah. takes a swig, he lights a cigar, and he goes, what's the course record? And he's ready to go. Um, that's pretty fun, though. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, that on the Boone podcast. All right, so I asked you before going to break, you know, kind of your take on, on the Padres yesterday, and it seemed like it was the, you know, Bob Melvin has is, is had enough watching what he's seen out of his ball club. He went out there, he got ejected yesterday, arguing balls and strikes after, a, you know, kind of a big blow-up inning. Uh, defensively for the Padres, in which they end up losing the game to the Twins. You know, he said, you know, basically, uh, for lack of a better phrase, it's not tell me time, it's show me time. And when you got your manager saying that in the media and you got your players, you know, really saying that and the veteran kind of club that this team has now uh, with a lot of old veterans on it, um, at 19-19, and they're obviously know they're playing under expectations, but 
You've been part of really good ball clubs. When you go through those those down stretches, which everybody does in baseball, you know what's the clubhouse like, and you know what's it like as a player when you got your manager frustrated in the media. Well, it, you know, as as we alluded to, alluded to before, these guys uh, at the end of the year, I think it, the numbers are going to fall where they usually number fall for for these individuals. Uh, yeah, some are going to be off. You're going to have an off year here. You're going to have a little bit of a plus year there. But usually, especially the, the mainstays, the guys that have been doing it for years, they usually don't falter, especially when they're still in that window of their prime years. Uh, you have a little bit off of a year, a little bit better than a normal year, but they're usually going to fall. I think that's going to happen with this team. It's such a veteran team. Like I, when I mentioned Nelson Cruz, he's been around, been there, done pretty much everything in the game now. So to have that kind of presence and guys around them that have been there, Machado's kind of come into his own as a veteran. He went from a young player when he came to the Padres to kind of a wise, mature veteran, kind of helping Tatis Jr. along. Uh, so you've got the, the, the personalities in that room. They're not panicking right now. Right. They know how good they are. They know they haven't played, but they know they're still in the hunt. They look, and they're only a few games out of first place, and it's only the beginning of May. Meh, we're seeping into the middle of May. But th- there's no panic in that, in that room. They're, they're going to be fine. I played for Bob his rookie year in 2003, came over to the Mariners as a rookie manager. When he was named uh, the manager of the Padres, I think it kind of kind of caught everybody off guard. A little surprised everybody. He's been up in Oakland all of a sudden, San Diego. But my first thing in my mind went, "That's really kind of brilliant," because Bob Bob has the temperament for this type of team. Right. He he's a players guy. Loves his players. Players love him. He's got his little quirks that that are. <laughs> I used to think they were funny. Um, <laughs> But Bob's a pro, and, and he knows when he gets thrown out of a game, that's not his M.O. He's not there to, to fabricate and, oh, watch this, I'm going to go get thrown out and really rile up the guys. He knows that that doesn't play in that clubhouse. Those guys are too wise that if this was something that was premeditated, talking about getting ejected yesterday, no, that's something where Bob looks at this team in that clubhouse every day and knows they're better than they're playing right now. And he was probably just kind of got to the point where his pitcher gave him a notion that, hey, this guy's squeezing me back here, a couple pitches here and there. And he was just having a day where screw it. I'm going to let him know. I'm going to go out of character and yell at this umpire right now because Bob Melvin isn't known for being that guy. You know, Aaron Boone is known for that. Right. Umpires come. I, that's the thing that's great. I used to be that, that, that everybody used to say chip on my shoulder cocky guy and Aaron was the good guy now Aaron's that guy and I'm the good guy so it's kind of anyway that's that's a story for a different time uh that's out of character for Bob so you know it's kind of genuine he was just having a day where he's he's tired of it he's looking at his team he knows this is a better than 500 team he's watching maybe his pitcher get squeezed a little bit usually when 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 you have a, uh, something like that happen with a manager, it's usually a subtle look from a player. It's not something where i got to come in and say, hey, Bob, that guy's really squeezing right. out there. It's kind of a look into the dugout. On a close pitch, I know it as the manager. I can see it from here. Let me see how my pitcher reacts right here. And it could be a look to Bob. He goes, well, he doesn't normally give me that look, so I right. know it's a pitch. And now I'm going to yell at the umpire. Now I'm pissed because we're 500 and might as well get thrown out today. Right. So that's how I think it's happened. I think his players appreciate that, but don't expect that. That's not Bob Mel- Melvin's forte. That's not what he does. But it just kind of bubbled over yesterday. Did it? Sometimes that fires up a room. Where look at Bob, you know, we're not used to him getting right. thrown out of games. All of a sudden he did. Those, those veteran players were probably kind of smiling and laughing because that's not what he normally does. But uh, 
I think it's a good thing once in a while. You got to you got to air it out, take a little break. But uh, sometimes guys rally behind it. Sometimes not. I, I don't expect to to win 15 in a row just because Bob Melvin right. got thrown out of the game. At the same time, point was taken, and people in that clubhouse they'll note that. Let's talk about for real quick before we go to break. You, you mentioned the Phillies last year. They kind of turned it on late, and they're playing playoff baseball in the last couple months of the season. It really propelled them in the postseason. I think you could say the Padres kind of did the same thing, where they're not really resting guys. They're they're in go time. You know, I, from your your standpoint of, of when you were a veteran player and you knowing this veteran clubhouse, you know, when when is the time where they're like, all right, we got to turn it on? I mean, can you just flip a switch and go? At, at what point in the season? Do you start getting into the we got to start playing playoff baseball? Can you flip a switch? How do you how do you change the mentality and going from you know this is a marathon we're okay to we got to start playing better without pressing in the same in the same kind of conversation? Because for most most of us are not professional athletes that you know don't do that for a living. You know I, you know I can't just turn it on you know all the time when I'm doing my 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 you know, beer league softball or whatever. But for an athlete, it's a lot different. I mean, that's your profession. That's your craft. I guess I can kind of relate from a standpoint of doing this job. But for all the, the, the common folk out there that aren't used to being in a clubhouse and, 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 and seeing the way things work, how do you flip that switch? How do you get into go time? And, and what does it take for the team to just be like, all right, let's get into playoff mode uh, on our own? Well, I'll tell you, my time, and I haven't played now, I've been – retired for about 16 17 years it's it's amazing how old i'm getting <laughs> before my own eyes but in my time even the last years i played the playoff format was a little bit different you know we're starting to get into the new new age playoffs it wasn't the 80s and the 70s when two teams from each league went uh but definitely was was starting to formulate towards where we're at now i never i can be honest from from the opening bell on opening day till the closing, I as a player and, and teammates never coasted. It was every game was so important from start to finish. As I got a little bit over, I, uh, older and, and, you know, I was a veteran player, I started breaking it down into series. Now, we don't have to win every game, but we have to win every series. Right. And that's how I would placate through my season. Um, but never, never was it like, hey, we can just cruise for a while and now I got to turn it on. I wasn't that type of player. I had to be pedal in the middle all the right. time and, and doing everything I could possibly do, find an edge here, an edge there. How can we win tonight? I'm not swinging good. How can I, how can I help out tonight? Um, so I, I don't know what that's like. And I don't know. I can't speak for the current 2023 players. But I would be, that, would be, that would be a stretch to think that players think, well, we can just cruise here and no, not worry about it and get through this. And we've got to turn it on here in about three weeks. Right. I don't know many teams. That's never the team sentiment. That's not how we go about it. It's pedal to the metal from day one on. Uh, it's just in this day and age, when you get to this point, you're not playing up to snuff. The season's not over. It's like we've got a long way to go so we can get this thing turned around. Let's go. From a, from a lead-up standpoint, I laugh when people say, well, who's the leader? Who's going to have that meeting behind closed doors? I think it works like that in baseball as much, right? The teams that I had where the guy got up in his soapbox and, and started pointing right. finger, you need to do this, we laugh at you. It doesn't resonate well. It doesn't. The this leaders isn't football where you can get rah-rah. And get the leaders are the guys that the younger players look to the way they go about their business, the way they handle the media, the way they handle adversity, the way they take the field, the way they prepare. 
Those are the guys that are true leaders. The guys that usually don't say much. It's just more of, man, I want to, I want to, I want to be like him, how he goes about his business. That's what a leader is. Now, once in a while, there is a, a clubhouse meeting behind closed doors, no staff, no anybody except for 26 guys on that roster. And they blow it out. And sometimes that is good. You get to the point where you're doing that too often, it, it becomes, oh, here, here we got another one of those, uh, those fake meetings that don't do anything. But for a team that doesn't usually do that, if you have one of those big blowout meetings, sometimes that can be a rallying cry. How was the reaction for, for you and your career when you had you know, a meaningful one of those? That, how did it use you resonate with the ball club? I would say the ones that, that felt real and not forced, like, right. oh, we've like got we to call a meeting because we're not playing good. I really don't want to have a meeting, but this is what you do, right? Those never worked out. But the ones that were impromptu, all of a sudden there was a writing on the, on the chalkboard that said we got a meeting and – what are we meeting about? And right. then some of some of those were the best meetings we ever had. And we kind of blew it out. And not that there were fights, but there were debates in there. And right. guys getting in guys' face, not in a in a we're going to physically fight way, right. but calling guys out and respectfully calling them out and seeing how they respond. So sometimes they were they were home runs, and we turned things around. Sometimes they weren't. And and those are no they're, they're not. It, they're not sure things when you call meetings like that. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, but it's nothing you can really depend on. You can depend on taking care of yourself as an individual, preparing to be the best player you can as much as you can, and then when, and then when 7 o'clock hits, play like hell. Brett Boone joining me live at Alesmith. We're going to have one more segment left with uh, Booney. It's already flown by. When we come back, we're going to put Brett Boone on the on-deck circle. We'll talk about that more when we come back on the John Cantera Show with Braden Suprenant. Live from Smith on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Eleven forty-eight on a Friday. Getting ready for a big weekend series. Padres, Dodgers coming up at 7-10. Pre-game show at 6-10 with Sam Levitt. I'm Braden Sprint live at Alesmith Brewing Company in Miramar. 99-90 Alesmith Court. Come down and say hi. We're giving away some Padres tickets for June 3rd against the Chicago Cubs on our show, as well as Gwyn and Chris. We've got SeaWorld tickets to give away as well. you got to come up, sign up, get a raffle ticket, be ready to go on the uh, the giveaways I'm joined this hour by Brett Boone. He is the host of the Boone Podcast. Obviously, longtime Major League Baseball player, played here in San Diego for one year in the uh, in the place where he was born, over in El Cajon, California. Got great San Diego ties, um, and still lives here in San Diego. Spending some time with us down at Ale Smith, getting that Major League Baseball player perspective. Um, we only have a couple of minutes left here in this hour with Brett, but we wanted to put Brett Boone on deck. Uh, and so what we're going to do with this segment is we're going to – I'm going to give out some bold statements. And you're on deck. you got about one minute to kind of give me an answer whether or not you agree with the bold statement or disagree and why uh, about different topics throughout Major League Baseball. Oh. About 30 seconds, one minute. I don't need for, you spend, for each question? Yeah, relatively. Oh, wow. But I don't have a timer, so it will be in my head. I'll just okay. keep it. Like, we got to move on it. to the next you one. You got it. Uh, so we'll start with uh, number one. Bold statement here. Oh, we even got the uh, music in the background. I like it. The Tampa Bay Rays will be the last team standing at the end of the year. Yes or no? Uh, no reason for me to believe that. No. No. Why? They've done it 
they've been here before. Maybe not to this degree with this unbelievable of a start. But they haven't that franchise, that formula, however, be it very impressive what they do year in and year out with limited budget. It hasn't been a proven formula to win a World Series. Bold prediction number two, or bold statement number two. The Oakland Athletics are the worst bold. team in Major League Baseball in the last 20 years. Without a doubt. Can't pitch. There's a lot of things wrong with the A's. Can't pitch. I, I mean, you, you play in the Coliseum, which is not necessarily a hitter's ballpark. Somebody check it, but I think they're close to an ADRA as a team. Now, if you had a 6 ERA in Colorado, you're horrible. They've got an eight at a hitter's ball at a pitcher's ballpark in the big leagues. That's like a little league team playing in Colorado. They had twenty nine hundred people at their game last night. Announced no, it, attendance. It, listen, I've got a lot. I worked for the A's in fourteen and fifteen. A lot of really good people there. What's going on uh, financially? They they can't get a deal done. They're fighting with it with the. Uh, San Francisco Giants, they got a piece of land in Las Vegas. They don't have a piece of land in Las Vegas. They got to get something worked out because that's not working right now. And, and it's tough. You've got a, a few promising young players on the offensive side. But it, once again, pitching staff, I'm looking at their ERA, and it's like, there's no, that's, that's got to be a misprint. That's, that's over like a series, right? No, that's over an entire season already. I think they're two, three points higher than the second worst pitching staff. So, yes. Worst team worst I've seen. Worst team you've seen in the last 20 years. Yes. St. Louis Cardinals are the worst team in the National League. That's tough to say. Let me. Let me. They got a bad record, but do you think they're as bad as their record is? You're as good as your record is. They're not. They're, ne- they're not as bad as their record is. But for the first time in a lot of years, I can honestly say, and, and obviously, who knows what's going to happen. I can honestly say this year, Cardinals are done. And I haven't been able to say that for a lot of years. Think they're sellers at the deadline? Yes. Wow. They haven't been sellers at the deadline in a long time. Yes. They, All haven't, right. they haven't had to be. This might be an emotional question, just uh, based I after lo- the I last lo- week. I love emotion. The San Diego Padres will win less than 90 games this season. They're 19-19 and 19 right now. Win less than 90. No. They're going to be right at 90. I'm not going to say less. This offense is too good. They're, they're last in the league. Their pitching's about where I think it's going to be. If the hitting matches the talent level, they, yes, they will win 90 games. From your hometown emotional question to your brother's emotional question, New York Yankees will finish in last place in the American League East. Absolutely not. There's two teams in that division. Best division right now record-wise, Back. two teams in that division cannot pitch enough. And that's the Boston Red Sox and the Baltimore Orioles. Love to see the Orioles making noise. I think it's good for the game of baseball to have the Orioles resurrect themselves. they got a lot of young talent led by that Rushman kid behind the plate. They cannot pitch enough. Boston Red Sox cannot pitch enough. I don't think the Boston Red Sox have one starting pitcher under a 5 ERA. Sale is north of 6. No chance Boston can keep that up. New York Mets are not a playoff team in 2023, and they're the most disappointing Mets team since their 1992 squad. No and no. No and no. They will turn around? Yes, they will turn around. Last one for you. Bruce Bochy's Texas Rangers are the biggest threat to the Rays in the American League. 
false. There's other teams that would come before Boaches, but another great story. Texas Rangers, it just so happens that Boach, one of my all-time favorite people in the world, takes over that team. You haven't heard from the Texas Rangers in that division. It's all been Houston Astros lately. My Mariners are coming, though. Mariners are good. But to see the Texas Rangers this early in the season winning, you got the key to them is Seager, their shortstop. He's got to stay healthy. hasn't proven he can. DeGrom, you have to have DeGrom. I think Evaldi in that two-hole is doing a heck of a job. Uh, well, he pitched almost a no-hitter yesterday right. against the A's, but it is the A's. But that one-two punch at DeGrom, Evalde, you got to have Seager healthy. they got some young players that are exciting. I think they're going to make some noise in that division, but definitely not this the biggest threat to the race. Texas Rangers make the playoffs? Yes. How many teams out of the AL East? There's a lot of good baseball teams in the American League. AL East, I, all I don't teams think, above 500. You know, that's the interesting thing, too, now with the amount of teams – on paper, mathematically, you could have a, a, a division send four teams. Correct. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. One day it will. Right. But I don't think, as much as the start, and you look at that division, oh, there's four teams. Two. Two realistic. comes the, out when it's all said and done. You got the Angels, Rangers, and uh, Angels can't pitch and Mariners Angels in the, can't uh, pitch in the AL West. You got a bunch of good teams in the AL East. Yeah. Some interesting starts in Toronto. Season. We haven't mentioned Toronto. Toronto's, right. Toronto's a sleeper. They're, they're offensively comparable to the, the Padres when the Padres are clicking on all, on all cylinders. They're pretty damn good, and they can pitch. Toronto can pitch. Brett, that hour went by so fast. Thanks again for coming down and joining us uh, here at Alesmith. That was Brett Boone. If you want to hear more from him, check out the Boone Podcast on the Odyssey app. I'm Braden Soprenit halfway through the show here at Alesmith on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.